Hey everyone, welcome back to the Fantasy Bros Football Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Sylvester. We're without Mike Daglier today, but we have a great guest. It's Kyle Yates of the Fantasy Footballers. He's on Twitter at KyleYNFL. I'm at Bobby Fantasy Pro, and we've got a mock draft episode for you today. Kyle, thanks for coming to the show. How's it going? It's going good. I uh, I got a tattoo today, so life's good. But then on the other side of it, it is the uh, allergy season finally reached up here in Michigan. So uh, if I sound a little under the weather, that's why. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about that before the show, and I went to a Cardinals game the other day, and they were handing out allergy medicine as you went into the stadium, if that tells you anything about what it's like to live here in St. Louis. Yeah, that's a, that's a whole other level right there. So your tattoo, is it a, uh, a Bears tattoo? You're a Bears fan, right? I am a Bears fan. I uh, I have not made it all the way there yet to uh, getting a Bears tattoo. I think the wife would uh, would disagree with, with getting that. <laughs> I mean, so you can't like tease it and not tell us what the tattoo is. We, we're going to need to know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I got a uh, huge rose piece um, on my forearm here. So uh, I was texting uh, Mike Wright of, uh, you know, the fantasy footballers I was texting him during. I, I'm not at his level yet, but but slowly working my <laughs> way up there. That's terrific, man. I'm looking forward to this mock draft episode. And, you know, the reason that Tags missed this week is because he heard we were going to be doing another mock draft episode and he couldn't bear losing to me again. So that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's definitely Mike, right? Hey, by the way, if you guys want to beat Tags too, we've got something going on right now. It's called the Beat Tags Contest, where you can get in and actually have a chance to compete against him. What you need to do is subscribe to our YouTube channel and go to the link fantasypros.com slash draft contest. You'll be able to fill out a form there. It just takes seconds. And when you do this contest, we're going to be doing a mock draft live streamed on YouTube July 10th, so you'll be a part of that show as well. And if you want to follow our YouTube channel, it's youtube.com slash fantasypros. All right, so here's what we've got going on. We have the multi-user draft. If you've ever used Draft Wizard before, it's very similar. The only difference is instead of just drafting against, you know, AI users, you can bring in a friend. You can bring in 10, 11, 12 friends, whatever you want to do, and you can draft against your friends. If you can't fill out the whole league, that's okay. We can just put AI users in there. But all you have to do is go to the Fantasy Bros homepage, hover over NFL, and click on Draft Wizard. And then you'll be able to find the multi-user draft in there as well. But right now, it's just Kyle and I. And we've been doing 12-team drafts, but I know a lot of you guys play in 10-team drafts. So that's what we're going to be doing today instead. I'm going to start the draft right now. By the way, the league is named Tags Was Afraid. Uh, so we've got two participants in here. It's going to be eight other AI teams. And it's going to shoot out our draft order here in just a second. So Kyle, let's see what we got, man. All right. I am Team Pizza, and I am drafting ninth overall. Kyle, where are you? I've got the number five spot. Okay. That's not a very good place to... I don't really love nine either, but in a 10-team a league, I would love to draft in the top four. Otherwise, it's all about the same. The closer you get to five, the worse. So I think you had a pretty bad draw. I don't know. Maybe McCaffrey or, or Kamara will drop you. We'll see. Does not look like it. <laughs> all right. So first four off the board, Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey. That's going to be the case in almost every single league. We've got standard roster settings here. One quarterback, two running backs, three wide receiver, a tight end, a flex. Six bench spots. We're not doing kicker or defense special teams. So who are you eyeing? Are you going uh, David Johnson, Melvin Gordon? Uh, Melvin Gordon's definitely in consideration for me here, but uh, there's a lot of, if not all, of the uh, top-tier wide receivers still on the board. So you're DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, and Odell Beckham Jr. And 
honestly, I have uh, I've started to come around on the OBJ train in Cleveland, and uh, I'm actually going to surprise a lot of people here. I'm actually going to go with Odell Beckham here uh, with the number five spot. Uh, he is someone. He's my top ranked wide receiver. Going uh, obviously, you know, early projections now in in June, but he's my top ranked wide receiver. I just love his opportunity there with a solid quarterback finally who can actually get him the ball. And so I think we're we're going to look back this season and go, why did we not have Odell Beckham higher in our ranks? So I'm going to take him here. I think everybody's got the same top five wide receivers, not necessarily in the same order. ECR has them, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, they've got Odell Beckham, Julio Jones, Michael Thomas, and the other one is Devontae Adams. You can put them in whatever order you want. Of those five, I think Odell Beckham is the single most talented wide receiver. Of those five, I think he's in the single best situation. The only reason he's not my number one receiver, he's my number three right now, is just because he's had so many soft tissue injuries before that it concerns me he might miss a few games. With that said, picking him at five, I don't really see any difference between number five in this draft and maybe number 12. Um, Once you get to 12, 13, it's all about the same. So I think Beckham is a perfectly solid pick there. After he went off the board, we got David Johnson, Melvin Gordon, Devontae Adams. So I've got my pick of the other wide receivers here, DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, Le'Veon Bell. Let's see what pick predictor says, because I'm thinking about Travis Kelsey here. And it says that Travis Kelsey is almost definitely going to be there for me. So I'm going to hope Travis Kelsey drops. I'm going to get my number one wide receiver, Julio Jones. He's just been so consistent year to year. I don't know. He's extremely talented. Good situation in Atlanta with Matt Ryan throwing the ball. I'm worried about the competition, though, with Calvin Ridley. What do you think about that, Kyle? It's it's definitely a concern, but I think that we saw last season that Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones can kind of uh, coexist, and I think that this offense in Atlanta is going to be throwing the ball a lot this season with Dirk Cutter there back as the OC. So I think that there's a lot of opportunities for Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones to coexist and actually be, you know, uh, solid fantasy contributors. If anything, I think it eats into uh, Sanu's targets there. All right. So right after Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins went, Le'Veon Bell went. So I've still got Kelsey on the board. It's what I was expecting. I mean, this is pick number 12 since we're doing a 10 team league and I would take him in the top 10. With that said, I've still got Joe Mixon there. Still got Michael Thomas there. Dalvin Cook, he's not going to be there for me. Todd Gurley, he could be a league winner. Uh, He's not exactly safe, but, you know, if I want one of these top-tier tight ends, I think Ertz is definitely going to be gone by the next time I pick. So I'm going to go ahead and grab Kelsey now. I think he's far and away the best tight end, depending on what happens with Tyreek Hill. And uh, then I don't have to worry about, about streaming tight ends later or, you know, starting Delaney Walker or something along those lines. It's definitely a smart decision. I've been fielding a lot of questions recently about what do I do with Travis Kelsey and how early can I take him? And I, I'm perfectly comfortable with taking him at the back end of the first round because there's such a difference. If Tyreek Hill misses this season, there's such a gap between him and the number two, number three tight end as far as what he can give you. And in my projections currently, he would be the number five wide receiver in total fantasy points. So that gives you any inclination as to you know, that just gives you such a positional advantage. That's exactly right. That is exactly right. And the thing about 10 team leagues, we're always panicked in 12, 14 team leagues about going out and getting these workhorse running backs. I'm going to be able to get two really good guys on the next turn 
that I feel comfortable with at tight end. I'm not going to say who they are because I don't want you to take them, Kyle. <laughs> but uh, you've got two picks now, and then we'll see what, what falls to me. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the guy that I was eyeing, Juju Smith-Schuster, is now off the board. He went the pick before me. So I'm kind of looking at uh, with going Odell Beckham. I got 30 seconds left on the clock, so I'm going to talk through this really quick. Uh, the guy that I'm looking at here is either James Conner, Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb, Todd Gurley. Those are the running backs still on the board. However, I think Mike Evans gives such a huge advantage there to be able to pair him with Odell Beckham. And we forget that Mike Evans put up 1,500 yards last season. That just went so unnoticed. And so I think that with Bruce Arians, he can come in and contribute in a big way. I'm going Mike Evans here. You look at his career, and he had 12 touchdowns in 2014. Three in 2015, 12 in 2016, five and then nine. He's going to be right there around that double digit touchdown mark. And if he gets 1,500 yards again, we could be talking about him as the number one receiver. I'm really curious, though. You took him with Antonio Brown still on the board. Just how low do you have Brown in your rankings? Yeah, it's a great question. With Antonio Brown, I have him at number nine and I have Mike Evans at number six. So there is a little bit of a difference there. But again, you're. You're kind of comparing it's a it's a slim gap there, right, where it's a total of, I think, in my projections, a total of like under 20 points. So uh, I just love Mike Evans's opportunity there a little bit more than and Jameis Winston and the offense there a little bit more than John Gruden, which is going to run the ball and Derek Carr throwing uh, Antonio Brown the ball. Kyle, you almost got Todd Gurley to drop to you. You were just sniped. You would have taken him, right? I think so. <laughs> uh, luckily, I don't have to make that call. Um, it's it's close. I actually have Gurley as my 15th overall running back, so I'm a little bit lower on him than the consensus there. But uh, with going Mike Evans there it, and the running backs went off the board, uh, the next rated running back for me is Leonard Fournette. Now, there's a possibility that this could bust, and but there's a possibility that it could boom and so I'm going to go Leonard Fournette here with seven seconds left on the clock because of his upside and the possibility that he brings to my team I like the Leonard Fournette pick a lot um, I was really hoping he would drop to me I figured it probably wouldn't happen by the way if I wouldn't have taken Travis Kelsey George Kittle is still on the board right now I could have got him at three nine uh, by the way Todd Gurley fell to three four so um, and it's pretty wild how far he can fall I, I would have probably taken him over Fournette if if I had the option I really like Dalvin Cook there in that third round I have him ranked over Todd Gurley uh, none of those running backs are on the board but I do have a few options it's not as pretty as I expected it to be um, Aaron Jones is the top running back on the board I thought I may be able to get him and Marlon Mack or him and Leonard Fournette uh, I've got to get one of them but the thing is Keenan Allen's still there Amari Cooper's still there Stephon Diggs is still there, and then it gets really ugly at wide receiver. So I'm actually not going to go two wide receivers here. I'm going to go Aaron Jones, and then we'll see which wide receiver falls to me. Hopefully, it's Keenan Allen. Yeah, what are your thoughts on Aaron Jones this season? Because I do feel like there is a wide range of outcomes for him with that offense. Yeah, there definitely is. I mean, he's extraordinarily talented. We've seen that with his elusive rating. Yeah, you know how many tackles he's been able to evade. I'm just worried about Jamal Williams, new coaching staff. You never know what's going to happen. It could be great. It could be a situation where he finishes as a top four fantasy running back, or he could be splitting carries with Jamal Williams. So uh, it's a little bit risky, but at 3-9, it's, you know, needing a running back. I think it, it was the right move. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, absolutely. All right. And uh, Keenan Allen didn't fall. However, Amari Cooper is still there. I'm, I've got to take him. Um, no chance I'm letting him fall to you. Sorry, Kyle. <laughs> hey, that's fine. That's a great pick there. All right. I am now up at the 4-6. 
And the guy that I was looking for uh, to drop to me is their Devonta Freeman. Now I have Odell Beckham Jr. and Mike Evans with Leonard Fournette. We're forgetting about Devonta Freeman and the impact that he had. And because of the injury last season, well, now Tevin Coleman is gone and you have guys like Ido Smith and Quadri Allison there who I don't believe pose as big of a threat to his workload uh, as previously you know, expected there. So uh, Devonta Freeman is my choice here to fill up that RB2 spot. I believe that I can get some some wide receiver depth later on in the draft. I'm going to go Devonta Freeman here. You know, it's interesting how we both waited a while to get our running backs. You didn't wait quite as long as I did grabbing Fournette. But, you know, that's, uh, that's why we do these mock drafts is so we can get a feel of what we like. And this is the first 10-team mock draft we've done all year, so it looks so much different. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, by the way, just went at 4-4 right after Andrew Luck. Somebody took Andrew Luck ahead of Patrick Mahomes. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I know there's people out there who believe in Luck to that extent, but it's pretty rare. That's why I like to do all these mock drafts is to get a flavor of, you know, what it's going to be like, you know, when you're drafting in your home league with your family and friends because every single draft is considerably different. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the purpose of these these mock drafts and even these mock draft episodes to talk through these scenarios and situations to see, you know, what does your team look like at the end of it when you take some gambles on, like my running backs, you know, Leonard Fournette and Devonta Freeman, they do come with injury risk. So how, how does that work? Um, you know, how is it going to look? How am I going to feel at the end of it? All right, I'm up at the 5-5. Five five. I've got 30 seconds left on the clock. Uh, I'm looking at some solid wide receivers here with Tyler Lockett, Cooper Cup, and Sammy Watkins there. Uh, I got to go with the highest rated guy on my board, which is Sammy Watkins. Again, boomer bust, but if Tyreek Hill does miss, there is huge potential for Sammy Watkins in that offense being the number one target there, the wide receiver number one target. So Sammy Watkins, my pick there. You know, I would have liked to take Sammy Watkins, even though I need a running back, I would have been tempted to do it. So I'm glad you took that away from me. Uh, I would have done the same thing with Allen Robinson. If Allen Robinson would have fallen, he would have been my dude, uh, but he didn't fall. So I'm going to go ahead and get myself a running back. Top guys on the board, right? Hold on a second. Someone just sniped me with Chris Carson at 5'8". Man, that's who I was going to go with. Dang it. Uh, Sony Michelle just went at 5'7 as well. I guess this means my first share in mock draft history of carry on Johnson. I'm not especially high in him like a lot of other people are, but he is a safe bet to get, you know, 14, 15 touches per game. Uh, so I'll go with it. Uh, is that who you would take here? Or would you go Philip Lindsay, Kenyon Drake, maybe Mark Ingram or David Montgomery? Yeah. I, if I was looking at running back here, um, I'm first going to let you take carry on Johnson. So that way you don't change <laughs> your, uh, your <laughs> pick here. But um, yeah, if I'm looking at running back there, uh, Mark Ingram's high on my, on my board in just a run based offense. We saw uh, Gus Edwards put up on a, I think 130 carries last season, put up a yards per carry of over five. Um, so I think that just a guy who went undrafted to be able to put up those numbers with a running quarterback in a predominantly run-based offense to bring in a guy as talented as Mark Ingram. I am a Mark Ingram truther. I love his game. And so f- to bring him into, I think he's going to get work. He's absolutely going to get work. And I don't believe that Justice Hill is as much of a threat to his workload as uh, some people may be making it out to be. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big Justice Hill guy, so even though it's my pick, you don't have to worry about me taking Mark Ingram. I, I totally understand the appeal. I just I, I look at Justice Hill and I see Philip Lindsay, but bigger, stronger, faster, and uh, it'll be interesting. Regardless, they're going to run the ball 30, 35 times a game, so they'll probably both be useful. Or either that or Mark Ingram will be like a top five back. We'll see. Um, I'm looking at wide receivers right now. DJ Moore is there, Tyler Lockett, 
Calvin Ridley, Tyler Boyd. This is the stage in the draft where it just kind of blurs together like the next 12 wide receivers. I'm going to wait. I'm probably going to get two wide receivers in the next round. Maybe I'll grab my third running back. I don't really love what I'm looking at. There is one running back I'd consider in the next round, but um, I'm going with Aaron Rodgers. He's here in the sixth round. I'm taking my quarterback. Yeah, and it's interesting. Normally, I'm a proponent of waiting for your quarterback, but uh, again, mock drafts, test out the scenarios. Let's see what your team looks like at the end uh, with taking that quarterback in the sixth round. Yeah, I'll take Aaron Rodgers anytime he falls to the sixth round. Um, yeah, I would usually take him in the fifth too, but in a 10-team league, I'd probably wait till the sixth. Beyond that, I'm waiting for Jameis Winston, Dak Prescott, uh, even Kirk Cousins. Sure. All right, I'm up at the 6-6, six, six, and my guy that I literally just spent uh, <laughs> how much time talking about is there on the board. So yes, I'm going to back it up, uh, back up my talk there. I'm going to take Mark Ingram here. All right. And it is uh, like 14, 15 picks between your pick. Tyreek Hill just went off the board in the sixth round. That tends to be where he's been going these days. Uh, Ron of tight ends. So you missed out on OJ Howard, Evan Ingram, Hunter Henry. This is where it gets ugly. Are you going to wait a little longer at the position or are you going to grab your guy now? Well, I was literally going to mention uh, and I, f- <laughs> I forgot. Um, I was going to talk about the fact that I was going to wait to see if those tight ends, one of those tight ends could get around to me at the seventh uh, round here. So with those guys of OJ Howard, Hunter Henry, Evan Ingram, those are solid guys that I'm really, really eyeing this season because I've played the tight end streaming dance last year and it didn't really work out (laughs) too well for me uh, (laughs) because you do have those top guys there and then it kind of falls off a cliff. So um, I'm big believers in those guys. So if those guys are gone, I'm going to wait. I'm going to grab a, you know, a sleeper, a, another kind of boom bust player at the end um, and wait on that. So I'm up here at the seven five. Dude, don't take my guy. I'm really nervous right now. There's someone that I was hoping so bad would drop to me and he's still there. Well, I'm looking now. I'm looking at my options. I'm looking at my options. It's Chris Herndon. <laughs> In the seventh <laughs> round. That's a great pick. You go ahead and do that. <laughs> All right, so my team, I got 15 seconds left. Leonard Fournette, Devonta Freeman, Odell Beckham, Mike Evans, Sammy Watkins, and Mark Ingram. I'm going to grab some running back depth here. I'm going to go with David Montgomery, who I do believe just has a ton of potential this season. So David Montgomery here. That wasn't my guy. Oh, no. He went right after. Yes, Mike Williams is gone. I was going to have the most Mike Taglier team ever with Julio Jones, Amari Cooper, Mike Williams, Ann Johnson. Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers, Travis Kelsey. That's my team so far, except for Mike Williams, because he's gone. Um, Okay, I've got Kenyon Drake is probably the best guy on the board. I would have gone David Montgomery if I would have known Mike Williams was gone. Uh, I like Corey Davis. I like Marvin Jones. I'm going to go ahead and grab Kenyon Drake as my third running back, because it gets pretty ugly pretty quick. There's another running back I like a lot, but he'll probably be there next, uh, not next round, two rounds from now. If he's not, uh, I will be mad at you, Kyle. Um, because it's probably your fault. Well, I will just say this right now. Kenny Drake in the back of the seventh round is incredible value. There is no one else there as far as a threat in the Miami backfield. I don't believe that it's going to be a great team this year, but uh, Kenny and Drake in the back of the seventh round is incredible value. I like it. Uh, it's really funny. I don't have any shares of Kerryon Johnson or Kenyon Drake in any best ball league, any mock draft I've done. Here I am. These are two of my three running backs. I don't know how I feel about it, but the rest of my team is pretty good. So, Uh, We'll see at the end of the draft. Um, I'm also looking at Tariq Cohen. I'm not taking him, but he was the other guy there. James White, Lamar Miller. It gets ugly quick after Drake, so I got to pull the trigger. All right, back to Team Pizza. Tariq Cohen and Matt Ryan off the board. So I have to decide now between Corey Davis and Marvin Jones. 
This is really rough. I should have just taken both of them and let you have Kenyon Drake because I love both these guys. I'm going Marvin Jones, though. He was on pace to be a top 12 fantasy receiver again last year before his injury. He was top five the year before. I think he's the number one in Detroit, not Kenny Galladay. So I'm going to go with Marvin Jones over Corey Davis. It's fair. It's a... I'm concerned about Marvin Jones this season just because of that offense where Daryl Bevel coming in, that it is going to be just so predominantly run heavy that I don't know if there's enough targets to go around there with TJ Hawkinson coming in as well to provide Marvin Jones, uh, you know, enough fantasy value. But again, in the eighth round, we're splitting hairs here. Um, You know, if that's something where it's in the fourth round, you're talking about taking Marvin Jones, I'll push back a little bit more on that. But uh, in the eighth round, yeah, that's perfect pick. All right, I'm up and I now have four running backs and three wide receivers. So the way that I typically like to uh, do mock drafts here is I will load up on running backs here early and then take dart throws um, in those later rounds with some some wide receiver sleepers. Uh, there's typically more of those that you can find later on. So uh, I'm looking at guys like James White, Lamar Miller's here in the eighth round, uh, Latavius Murray, Rashad Penny. And in a half point PPR, I'm kind of torn between James White and Rashad Penny here. Rashad Penny with Chris Carson dealing with the injury. And I do believe that they are going to, they're both going to get heavy workloads this season, but I do believe that it's going to flip this year for Rashad Penny being the predominant back there. Um, I'm going to check my rankings really quick just to see where I have them. I have James White at 21 and I have Rashad Penny later on. So I'm going to stick true to my rankings here. I'm going to take James White. Good call. Yeah, Rashad Penny, I mean, everyone always asks me on Twitter because I'm a Chris Carson guy. Dude, why are you hating on Rashad Penny? I'm not. I think he's amazing. I just think Chris Carson's really good, too, and hasn't lost a job. I'm concerned about his health. Uh, If he's not healthy, oh, I'm going to get all the Rashad Penny shares. By the way, Geronimo Allison is off the board. That's a bummer. I was hoping to grab him later. Allison's been moving up my draft board quite a bit. Prior to his injury, he was on pace for 1,156 yards, 76 receptions, 8 touchdowns. It was a smaller sample size, but I think it's pretty clear he's going to be the number 2 receiver in in Green Bay. I love Marquez Valdez-Scantling, but Allison's not going to be out of the starting lineup. So his ADP right now is wide receiver 46. I have him ranked wide receiver 35. That's about where he went off the board. Now, Kyle, we've got a, a run on quarterbacks going on. Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, Cam Newton. I'm assuming you're just going to wait till the end? I am, yeah. I'm going to wait until at least the, uh, well, especially if we don't have a defense or kicker, I'm going to wait um, maybe until like the third to last round. Uh, there's some guys later on that I do really like, um, and I'm a lot higher on a certain player than the consensus, uh, which is later on in this draft. So, yeah, I'm going to wait. All right, Kyle, we're kind of at the middle of the draft right now, so we're going to read off our rosters just to give people an idea of what we're looking at heading into our bench. We have six bench spots, uh, and then after that, I'm going to talk about the sponsor of today's show, so why don't you tell us who your team is? All right, my team so far is Leonard Fournette, Devonta Freeman, Odell Beckham Jr., Mike Evans, Sammy Watkins as my starters, and then in my flex right now, I have Mark Ingram, and then in my bench, David Montgomery and James White. That's really good, man. Uh, no tight end, no quarterback, but the rest of it is exceptional. I've actually got my whole starting lineup filled out. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, Carrion Johnson, Kenyon Drake as running backs. Wide receivers, Julio Jones, Marvin Jones, Amari Cooper, tight end Travis Kelsey. I've got three Jones on my team, Kyle. I, I just noticed that. I was going <laughs> to comment on it. Yep. All right, guys, today's show is sponsored by pristineauction.com. That's P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E. And you can find all kinds of great values there. I was surfing for a mini helmet to add to my collection, and I happened to see a signed baseball from the most obscure player. He was my favorite player growing up, Sean Green. And uh, and so I had to get a bid on it on that. 
and it was surprisingly cheap. I got it for 20 bucks. I was super psyched. So I'm adding that to my signed baseball collection. I'll be back on the market pretty soon for another mini helmet. Uh, but there's always great values to be found on Pristine Auction. And you'll be surprised by some of the stuff that you're able to find. There's all kinds of stuff, no matter who your team is. And apparently, no matter who your favorite player was when you were growing up. So check out pristineauction.com. Everything's guaranteed authentic from only the most trusted sources. And when you sign up for Pristine Auction, they ask for a registration code right there at the top. If you just enter Fantasy Pros, all one word, it's going to give you $5 off. And it does us a favor because it tells Pristine Auction, hey, our podcast is actually sending people your way. And when they see that, they'll keep doing these contests like the one we have going on right now, where we're giving away a signed Travis Kelsey Chiefs helmet to one lucky listener. All you have to do to enter is go to fantasypros.com slash contest, and it takes about 30 seconds. Again, that's pristineauction.com, P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E auction.com. All right, I'm going to hit the resume draft button, and Kyle, the draft is starting up in 25 seconds. Who are you looking at right now in the ninth round? Yeah, so we talked uh, earlier about that run on tight ends there with the guys like uh, O.J. Howard, Hunter Henry, and, and Evan Ingram going off the board. And I assumed that when that run happened that the other guy that I was looking at was going to just go right off the board afterwards. Um, but he's still here in the ninth round, middle of the ninth round. That's Eric Ebron. And Eric Ebron in the ninth round is just an incredible value where he's someone who finally found a home in Indianapolis, a place where he could uh, actually, you know, a team that actually knew how to use him. So the, uh, the Colts run a lot of two tight end sets there. So I expect a lot of uh, Jack Doyle and Eric Ebron on the field. I'm not concerned about Jack Doyle coming back and eating into, uh, you know, Ebron's production there. And I love to grab these guys that are tied to good offenses. And so with Andrew Luck there at the helm, yeah, I'm going to grab Eric Ebron here and fill out that uh, starting tight end spot. Kyle, we've differed on a few players here that, that we've uh, mentioned, but Eric Ebron's probably the biggest one yet. It's not necessarily that I think Jack Doyle is going to come in there and be the starter, but when he did come back from injury, he was on the field three times as much as Eric Ebron was. Now, Ebron still produced, and so I'm, I'm saying it can happen. Ebron's talented. Andrew Luck loves him. He loves him in the red zone. They did have Devin Funches. I'm just worried that maybe that was a little bit of a fluke, the production, and that Jack Doyle is actually going to be the one that plays more. Does that concern you at all? It's a fair point, and it is a fair concern. Um, that's why I mentioned the the good offenses. I love to tie these guys to good offenses where, yes, we can look at Eric Ebron's touchdown production total last year where I think he had 13, right? Um, that's just, that's absurd. But I do believe that while I'm not projecting 13 touchdowns, I still do believe that he's going to be involved in the red zone and that he will be on the field. And again, with Andrew Luck there, seemingly fully back from injury. Yeah, I'm going with Eric Ebron. I don't have the same. I don't have as much concern. I'm super psyched. Latavius Murray did drop to me. You all know how much I love Latavius Murray. I don't need to tell you why again. I'm just going to click the draft button and then hopefully Larry Fitzgerald's for me on the way back around. I will fully condone that pick. That is that's perfect. Uh, Ronald Jones was just taken. Larry Fitzgerald is there. I really like Kiki QT, but with Fitzgerald still on the board here in the 10th round, as my fourth wide receiver, I feel like he's a really safe option if I need to put him in a flex or during a bye week, something along those lines. Uh, and then after that, I'll be going for some upside at the wide receiver position. Still a few running backs on the board I really like. Now, Kyle, you mentioned that you're not as high as on Todd Gurley as others. Does that mean you're much higher on Daryl Henderson? Is this about where you would start to take him? Uh, this is where I would start to look at him. Uh, there's a lot of varying opinions on Henderson as far as like his ADP where uh, again I know Tags is on a campaign <laughs> of uh, moving <laughs> Henderson's ADP down from the sixth round which is absurd I just think it's going to be one of the he's going to be in drafting the sixth round right now are you serious 
That's what I thought I saw Tag say. Uh, I don't know if he's still there. But yeah, with Henderson, that is just someone who I think comes in and eats at the production, uh, like or, or the overall totals um, of Todd Gurley. And I don't think that it's going to be something where he necessarily has like this super, you know, standalone production. So it's kind of where those situations where it's not a Latavius Murray, Alvin Kamara, or, you know, Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara, where you could fully confidently start both players week in and week out. I think it's just going to be one of those things where they eat into each other's production there. I think it's possible. Um, With that said, I wouldn't feel confident starting Daryl Henderson in week one in the flex or anything like that. Now, historically, I mean, right now we're at pick 96. Historically, this is about where we start drafting the best backup running backs. But I think it's Rashad Penny. I think it's Royce Freeman, not Daryl Henderson. Yeah, I would agree. I think Rashad Penny is still there. uh, And that's, you know, if I didn't take the running backs that I did earlier, I definitely would be looking at uh, Penny here with, you know, Penny's still here in the 10th round, which is absurd. He's a starting caliber running back and in a predominantly run based offense in the 10th round. That's absurd. And I normally if I hadn't, I have five running backs right now. I'm good on my running back depth. Is it possible that Rashad Penny could be, you know, Chris Carson's hurt. Rashad Penny starts the season. He never gives the job up. And if so, could he be a top 10 running back? Top five? It's possible. I think that he needs the passing production to be able to get into that top five, top 10 conversation where I don't know if that is going to be fully possible um, because, uh, well, I mean, it's possible with Mike Davis leaving that the targets to the running back position are vacated. It's it's Penny and Carson in that backfield. And you have guys like CJ Procise and JD McKissick who just can't stay healthy. And so I think that there's a possibility that Rashad Penny does get some targets there um, to elevate in the 10th round. That's a beautiful pick. And again, I would be taking him here if I hadn't loaded up on running backs. So I've got to look at either my quarterback, my starting quarterback, or my wide receivers. Uh, my number three quarterback is on the board right now. And in the 10th round, I... Is it Big Ben? No, I am going to take Carson Wentz here. Ooh! Carson Wentz in the 10th round for me is a no-brainer pick even though I would have preferred the guy that I mentioned earlier that I was looking at actually was Mitch Trubisky I'm a lot higher on Trubisky just because of his rushing potential and the weapons around him and so I think that he's just going to rack up yards where these weapons around him are going to you know do a lot of the work for him for a fantasy purpose so uh, Trubisky would would be a target later on in the draft but with Carson Wentz there it's kind of the same narrative there's a ton of weapons there We've seen Wentz perform at a MVP caliber level. Uh, again, health is the concern, but from all reports, we've seen, you know, we've heard that Wentz is doing just fine and is uh, perfectly healthy. So, yeah, that's a, that's a no-brainer pick for me. All right, back to you in round 11, and my board was obliterated this round. Royce Freeman, Daryl Henderson, Rashad Penny, James Washington, Kiki QT. I figured I'd get two of those five guys. I'm getting zero. Yeah, yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of these guys I would be looking at Miko Hardman or uh, Kiki QT there and now here at the 11-5, I've got to take some wide receiver depth here and in a half point PPR, uh, Deshaun Hamilton is extremely enticing to me as a backup. He's going to rack up targets there. Uh, he's just one of those PPR guys and so I'm I was a fan of him coming out of Penn State and uh, I think that he's got a really good opportunity. So I'm going to take Deshaun Hamilton here. That's a good pick, Kyle. Now, hopefully that means my guy drops to me. Ooh, three straight tight ends off the board. Jared Cook, David Njoku, Vance McDonald. So Curtis Samuel did drop to me. Jerick McKinnon's still there, too. And uh, I'm feeling that one if he drops to me two more picks. Let's see here. Curtis Samuel, Deion Lewis, 
Terrell Williams, and that means Jarek McKinnon's still there. I'm going to have to pass up Anthony Miller, but uh, Jarek McKinnon has a chance to start in Kyle Shanahan's offense. That's good enough for me. Yeah, that San Francisco backfield is so hard to project and, and determine who is actually going to get the line share of the work there. We know that they want to run the ball, but who's going to run the ball? You know, Does that mean Tevin Coleman is the predominant back? Does that mean McKinnon? Uh, really, it's going to be really hard to tell, but Again, we're, we're talking about the 12th round. Um, you know, I have no issue with taking a starting running back by all indications here in the 12th round. I think it's probably Tevin Coleman. Uh, if I had to put odds to it, it'd be about 50% Coleman, 40% McKinnon, 10% Brita. But uh, it could be just a game-to-game thing, or maybe Coleman gets hurt preseason and McKinnon goes off and is a top 15 running back. I think there's that kind of upside in Shanahan's offense. Yeah, for sure. And a lot of variants like we just discussed. All right. So I'm up here at the 12-6. And again, I'm looking at wide receiver depth here. So there are two guys that I really, really like here. John Brown and Dante Moncrief. I'm a Dante Moncrief guy this season. I just think that he has a huge opportunity there uh, to develop chemistry with Big Ben. They're going to throw the ball in that offense. I've loved Moncrief's game. We've never really seen the full breakout. Um, He had seven touchdowns there with Andrew Luck, but just couldn't stay healthy. He's proved that he can stay healthy and is now in a really good situation. So Moncrief's someone I'm looking at. However, the guy that I'm going to go with here, sticking to my projections, is John Brown. The best thing that John Brown does is go deep and play that deep ball. That's all Josh Allen does. And that's all Josh Allen does. So that's someone who I'm really, really a fan of. I'm going to go John Brown here. All right, so you're going John Brown, and it's going to come back to you for the 13th round here. Are you one of these guys that uh, if you draft a tight end late, you're going to get another tight end just in case? Like, maybe you'll get Jack Doyle here? No, I'm really not. Um, Those are situations where if I do grab a tight end early, which typically I do don't but again this year is kind of a little bit different looking at those guys um typically i will look to to stream the position if ebron goes down with an injury if you know um those guys that are grabbed earlier just aren't working out i'll look to stream the position later on because again a lot of my other league mates will be doing the same uh, just because of that you know wide variance in the tight end production so uh yeah i'm not going to grab a, a backup tight end here i'm going to continue to build the depth on my bench of those solid you know the the starting positions the guys who um, you know, whether by weeks or injuries, uh, I'm going to build that depth there. So I'm looking at running back or wide receiver. I'm also not one of those guys who takes a backup quarterback. I will stream the position there if Carson Wentz does go down. So I'm looking at some guys here. Um, man, it dried up quick. It sure did. Carlos Hyde's off the board. That was my next pick. By the way, I made a big mistake when I took Jarek McKinnon. Adrian Peterson was the top running back on my board. I totally whiffed on that one. So Whatever. I'd love to. I'd love to hear your thoughts on Adrian Peterson there, um, just because of that offense and how many backs they have in that system. I mean, I'm I'm a little bit worried about Darius Geis. I'd be stupid if I wasn't. Darius Geis is really talented, right? Um, but in terms of week one, week two, three, four, I think Peterson's more likely to be the starter and just get a ton of carries. At which point, I can sell him. I don't think he's going to last the full season, but I do think he opens the year as the starter. Sure. Uh, All right. Well, the guy that I was talking up in between uh, John Brown is Dante Moncrief, and he's still here in the 13th round. So I'm going to grab Dante Moncrief there. Uh, And let's see if Matt Breida drops to me. He did indeed. Let's do it. Um, So I got Jerick McKinnon and Matt Breida. Now that probably means it's going to be Tevin Coleman. But at this stage in the draft, someone like Matt Breida, fastest running back in the NFL, if you can believe it or not. He's really good. He just didn't stay on the field last year. So we'll see what happens in San Francisco's backfield. I'm going to grab him. I would have got Carlos Hyde here. 
He's not there, though. So I'm going Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I also like Michael Gallup and Devin Funches. But if you're asking me who has the most upside of anybody left in the draft, besides maybe Reichwell Armstead, who I don't need to draft, Justin Jackson. I like Justice Hill, but I have so many running backs as it is. I've got six of them. Uh, So I'm going to go ahead and get Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who I could see being a top 20 wide receiver if he's the number two with Aaron Rodgers. All right, on to you for the last pick, and you better make it count because we're about to get our grades. Yeah, that's right. This is, all right, so last pick here, 14th round, 6th pick. Uh, I've got, I'll read through my team here really quick. Carson Wentz, Leonard Fournette, Devonta Freeman, Odell Beckham, Mike Evans, Sammy Watkins, Eric Ebon, Mark Ingram, David Montgomery, James White, John Brown, Deshaun Hamilton, and Dante Moncrief. Uh, The guy that jumped out to me as I'm looking through, none of the running backs are jumping out to me as someone who I want to take a shot on. There's guys like Ito Smith, Duke Johnson, Kalen Balaj still there on the board. Uh, Those are just guys that I'm I'm fine. I don't really want to mess with. (laughs) Um, But there is a wide receiver that is the number one on his team. I'm not buying into the uh, perpetual every single year training camp star Devonte Parker. So you're talking Kenny Stills, yeah. Kenny Stills is still on the board, and I do believe that he has an excellent opportunity. Whether it is Ryan Fitzpatrick starting, who loves his wide receivers, or it's Josh Rosen, they're going to be throwing the ball there because that roster is not talented. It's going to be one of those situations where garbage time. It's not going to feel great. But here with my last pick, Kenny Stills is one of those guys that I feel very comfortable taking. I'm going to grab him here. By the way, before we get our draft grades, I want to let everyone know the podcast is not about to end after this draft. We are also going to be answering some listener mailbag questions, so stick around for that. We did get our grades. Kyle, what did you come out to? It's not pretty. Uh, I got a 71 out of 100. Okay, so a C minus. I got a B minus 82. Uh, not very pleased about that. However, I did beat Tag since he wasn't here. So that's two straight. I don't know, three, four straight. I'm losing track because it's been so many. All right, Kyle. So I'm tabbing through team analysis. And this is something I like to look at. It's one of the many tabs that we have on Draft Wizard, And it tells us where you're ranked at each position. So I got number one tight end, obviously, with Travis Kelsey, which was maybe a little bit of a reach to most people. Maybe that's why my grade was a little bit lower. Number two bench. I'm proud of that. I like my bench quite a bit. Number three quarterback with Aaron Rodgers, but I'm number 10 running back, number five wide receiver. Um, why don't you tell us how uh, how your team is graded there? Yeah, absolutely. So um, my bench is the number one ranked, uh, my wide receiver, number two, flex, number six, uh, tight end is number eighth, and then my running back, uh, for some reason, is number nine, and then my QB, number 10. Yeah, not quite as low as my my number nine. Now, you just read off your team. I'm going to do mine really quick. And I'm not going to go position by position. I'm going to go round by round here. Wide receiver Julio Jones, Travis Kelsey, Aaron Jones, Amari Cooper, Kerryon Johnson, Aaron Rodgers, Kenyon Drake, Marvin Jones, Latavius Murray, Larry Fitzgerald, Curtis Samuel, Jerick McKinnon, Matt Breida, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Kyle, I'll tell you what, looking at your roster, I think it is much better than a 71. Uh, sometimes we disagree with Draft Wizard, and that's okay. That's why we do these drafts, to see how we feel better team. And I'll tell you what, I feel so much better about my team in a 10-team league than I do in a 12-team league. Uh, it's probably misguided, though. It's different. It is so different. You know, we're usually getting to, uh, to round 14, and it's like, wait, who are these guys? I mean, I wrote player notes on 300-plus players, you know what I mean? And... uh it gets it gets ugly really quick, but especially the starting lineup. Like there's, it, it feels like there's never a weak spot. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Kyle. So here's the mailbag question that I want to talk about. Um, this one comes to us from Tim in the mailbag at mailbag at fantasypros.com. And he just wants to know if we could give some advice to novice fantasy commissioners. If you're looking to build your league 
What would you recommend doing, Kyle? Yeah, absolutely. Well, the first thing I would recommend is, and it's a big thing in a lot of the leagues that I'm in, is to create some sort of group chat. So whether that's built into the system and platform that you use, or whether that is something that you do, you know, through iMessage or whatever, um, that's just something that creates a lot of buzz, a lot of, uh, you know, trade talk happens in there. Guys will put out, uh, you know, players that they're they're on the uh, trading block and stuff like that. That's a huge thing that just creates some camaraderie. And especially if you're doing this with friends from, you know, college or high school or whatever, keeps you in touch. It's one of the main things that I love about it. You know, I think that's a really good idea. And if you're playing on Yahoo or ESPN, the message boards they have built in, I mean, they work, they do the trick, but not everyone's going to be reading that all the time. If you've got like just a group text message, or if you want to download Slack and have your other, you know, your other people do it, you can do trade blocks on there. You can set up all kinds of stuff. That's a really good idea. Uh, why don't we each give two? I'm going to go with my first one. Uh, and it's just to do an auction draft. I think that's the single most important thing in fantasy football. I love dynasty leagues. But if you're asking me would I rather do a dynasty league or an auction draft, it's auction draft all day. You can build your team exactly the way that you want. It makes draft day like Christmas day. It's just an event. It's amazing. There's so much strategy built in. And if you haven't done it before, uh, practice on the draft wizard. We've also got auction drafts on there if you're a premium subscriber. And it is a blast. Yeah, that was one of the things that I was going to mention as far as the uh, the draft wizard there being able to do, you know, test that out because that is completely different and a completely different strategy than a normal redraft or, you know, snake draft or whatever. Uh, that is it's intense, but it is a ton of fun. I absolutely agree. Uh, the second thing that I would mention is um, definitely create some sort of system for rule changes. So whenever you get to the end of the year, uh, what I'll do is I'll send out like a Google form or something like that with a couple of options for, you know, people to vote on the that have suggested rule changes throughout the year. Um, so, you know, when you're going into the next season or, you know, if, if it is a redraft, you know, you've got things to keep in mind when you're creating the next season or if it's a dynasty league where you're making those changes in the off season to go into next year. And then you do consensus vote on those. Those are the big things. As a commissioner myself, those are one of the things that I look at is if you have, if you make a change on your own without the consensus, there's a lot more pushback. But if you have the, uh, overall, you know, kind of, well, this is what the league voted on, the majority of the league, then you have that to fall back on and you know that it's something that the, the majority of the league wants. You know, I was going to talk about Superflex and, and how important I think it is, but whatever your league wants to do with league settings, roster settings, everything like that, that doesn't matter quite as much. What I would encourage a new fantasy commissioner to do is he's going to want to build the perfect league with all his best friends and everything like that. You just can't convince someone to be as into a fantasy league as you want. So if you have to talk someone into joining your league, they're not a good fit for your league. You're going to have someone who's not paying attention to their roster, and it's going to ruin the entire league. Find 10, 12 guys who are extremely passionate about fantasy football, and if you leave out one of your best friends, so what in my opinion? I want the best league possible, and if someone's not going to be as excited about it, just let them miss out. That's okay. Yeah, it's a great point. There have been years where I've been in a redraft league where we have, it's a 12-team league, has been for years, but we are struggling to find, you know, the 11th or 12th guy just due to natural turnover. Well, at that point, you're better off turning that into a 10-team league because you're going to have more competition and instead of those people that, you know, are barely checking. That's a great point, Bobby. All right, and the last question that I'm going to take from the listener mailbag is from Sallow. This is also uh, through email. Now, you can always tweet us at BobbyFantasyPro, at Mike Teglier, and we'll get some of them on the show. Now, we've been hyping up A.J. Green. I can't believe he's falling as late as he is. 
but Salo brings up an incredible point here. Uh, I don't really buy into schedules too much at this stage in the draft, but when we're looking at lockdown cornerbacks, that's something I think that you can rely on. And he brought up his schedule. A.J. Green goes up against Richard Sherman in Week 2, Tredavious White in Week 3, Joe Hayden in Week 4, Patrick Peterson in Week 5, the Ravens cornerbacks, they're all amazing in Week 6, Jalen Ramsey in Week 7, Casey Hayward in Week 8. That's really tough. Ravens defense in Week 10. Are you worried about all these matchups for A.J. Green or... Oh, by the way, playoffs, Denzel Ward, Stephon Gilmore, Xavier Howard. Yikes. Man, that's a tough schedule. So does this concern you at all? Or are you still going to draft him, you know, as you would? It definitely depends on where AJ Green is in your draft. If you're getting towards the back of the third round, top of the fourth round, that's definitely something where I'm willing to take that chance because of the talent where I think that he can supersede those situations and circumstances. At this point, I haven't looked into the schedule uh, you know, in depth, so that's a great point that the listener brings up as far as his schedule and, and the lockdown corners. I, I am interested with Zach Taylor to see how they move around pre-snap. This, this is going in-depth here, but as far as pre-snap, are they going to move A.J. Green around the formation? And will Richard Sherman, Casey Hayward, you know Denzel Ward, will they follow him, or are they gonna? Is the defense gonna be playing side to side? Those are things that can change from defense to defense, and so and who knows what Zach Taylor is gonna do? Brand new coach, we have no idea. Exactly, and so that's those are really really specific details and situations that sitting here in June, I don't know if I want to look that far in depth and because it is where it would impact where I take AJ Green. I will stick to my rankings. I will stick to, you know, my, my thoughts and feelings on him. And if that, you know, where it gets to the fourth round and he's still sitting there and I need a wide receiver two or even wide receiver three, and that's AJ Green, I'm more than happy with, with taking AJ Green there. Yeah, I would take him at the beginning of the third round all day. I mean, we don't know if Richard Sherman, Joe Hayden are going to be the same, you know, and who knows if Jalen Ramsey is going to have, you know, some some problem with the Jags or whatever, and Casey Hayward gets hurt or something like that. Things like that happen. And so when you look into schedules, especially down in the playoffs, and you're building your team based on what you think is going to happen in the playoffs, I remember when everyone wanted the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because they were going up against the Saints twice in the fantasy playoffs. And then guess what happened? The Saints turned into the top three fantasy defense over the final eight weeks of the season. And you can't, you just can't build your roster on schedules. With that said, if I'm doing anything Based on a schedule, it's one wide receiver that you know people want to shadow because he's by far the best. So it's a great point on A.J. Green. If you're looking at, I don't even know, if you're saying looking at Leonard Fournette and you're saying the Jags have the toughest schedule against running backs, there's so much turnover in the offseason. There's so many injuries that happen, so many scheme changes. That wouldn't worry me whatsoever. Yeah, it's a great point uh, of, as far as the cornerbacks and you you not really knowing, are they going to be the same? There's a lot of turnover at the cornerback position as far as production year in and year out. And so looking at these guys, you know, in week eight and trying to base off, you know, your decision off of that, it's hard to say, are they going to be the players that they were last year? It's a great point. All right, Kyle, that's all for today's show. Really appreciate you coming on. It was fun mock drafting with you and just getting your opinion on players we don't haven't talked about quite as much. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, Bobby. I appreciate it. It's our pleasure. And again, you guys can follow Kyle on Twitter at KyleYNFL. I'm at Bobby Fantasy Pro. Mike Taglier is going to be back in next week. And make sure to sign up for the Beat Tags contest at fantasypros.com slash draft contest. And also check out Draft Wizard if you haven't already, especially for an auction league. You're going to love it. You can find it at fantasypros.com slash draft wizard. And thanks to the sponsor of today's show, pristineauction.com. 
P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E-Auction.com. And make sure to sign up for our signed Travis Kelsey helmet giveaway at FantasyPros.com slash contest. For Kyle Yates, I'm Bobby Sylvester. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your football. I just wanted you to watch me dissolve.